It will help you to get into a place of anointing that will carry you and do work through you that you could never do yourself and you could never do it in your own strength. When you weaken yourself by fasting, you are letting his strength come into you and it will change your life and it will change your ministry. Yeah. God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out his spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promised outpouring, we equip for that outpouring, and we engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We're just delighted that you're with us, and we have a wonderful podcast for you today. The global initiative of prayer and fasting for Israel is happening right now, and we felt it was time to circle back and do another podcast about fasting to help you have some uh, good tips and understanding about fasting and, and what it does in the spirit. Thanks for joining us today. We expect to have a glory time with you and that you are going to walk away from this podcast encouraged and uh, challenged and ready to do the thing that God has called you to do. But before we get started, we want to invite you to go to our website, globaloutpouring.net, and be sure, if you haven't already done so, to sign up for our email lists. That way we can stay in touch with you and you can keep up with what God is saying and doing and see our blogs and go to our bookstore because we're going to be introducing a book today, in fact, two books by Gwen Shaw that you're going to probably want to have. One of them is called Your Appointment with God and the other is called The False Fast. So these are really important books and you'll want to find them on our website. So let's start talking about fasting. Obviously, we are we're in a time right now where uh, there's this global initiative to pray for Israel, May 7th through 28th, 2023. Now, if you're listening to this later, that's the last we're going to say about that initiative because, you know, time goes on, but, but the message is the same. And it's something that you're going to need in your days to come. Yeah. And you God just may call you on a fast for a particular situation. Right. One of the things that Gwen Shaw talks about in her book, um, Your Appointment with God, she mentions that she met some Christians in India that didn't have enough food. And they, they were just like, what do we do? Or she asked them, well, what did you do? How did you, how did you survive? They said, well, we declared a fast. Wow. Uh-huh. And the God took the hunger away. So, <laughs> That's an, amazing. Yeah, yeah, God provides. And, and sometimes you just need to be sensitive. If he's trying to call you to a fast, he might cause some other kinds of circumstances to happen that, you know, it, rather than be hungry, declare mm-hmm. a fast. And sometimes he'll just take desire of food away for some reason. Oh, yeah. And you'll just, but you'll know it. Right. You know, you know when if you're supposed to fast, you know the the Lord usually will can be confirmed in a scripture, or in your own private time with the Lord. Yeah. Or you, and you just have this feeling, you have to do it. 
Yeah. And there are times when God will actually speak to you about something, or you might join in on a, a corporate fast when other people are fasting. A lot of churches these days are fasting 21 days or 40 days at the beginning of the of the year to prepare them for what's coming in the year. And, you know, whether it's a total fast of food or whether it's a fast of social media or, you know, caffeine or, you know, something just letting go of something, denying yourself. Mm-hmm. That's what fasting is. It, yeah. It means to, to cover the mouth. Yes. The, the, the Hebrew word tum so, means uh, to cover the mouth. And uh-huh. there are times when God has called me to a fast, and I don't fast easily, but when God calls me, I know, and he gives me the grace to fast, it's almost like I feel his hand over my mouth. Mm-hmm. I can I can tell too, you know, when, because when you're fast, because you know, in your in your natural body, you know, low blood sugar and yeah. lower blood pressure, uh, a person like that has a more difficult time. But I just watched many times, just when Lord will just put a fast on Sharon, even on water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're not going to die on the fast. The devil may try to tell you that. Your friends yeah. may try to tell you that. Yeah, but you're not going to die. You can. You can look up hunger strikes, mm-hmm. and you'll see people that fasted over sixty days or so for something that's not a uh, not for the Lord for His kingdom purposes. Right. Yeah. They're, and, they're... That, and what does it avail? Well, they many of them die. Yeah, but it it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. Doesn't typically happen very very soon. Yeah. Uh, and there there are people that can even do a dry fast. You know, like like an Esther fast. Typically, you don't want to fast longer than three days with nothing. But there are people that feel called to do that. Um, I never have. and I I haven't either. I hope I never do. But we have done Esther fasts. Yeah, it was back in the early 1980s when it was Stephen Lytle, and he wrote the book Exodus 2. And the Lord spoke to him about the Jews coming out of the Soviet Union, out of the Eastern Bloc. See, these nations were all... You don't hear that word anymore. They were satellites of Russia. Mm-hmm. You know, like the moons. The Soviet Union. Yeah, like uh, like moons around a planet. Right. Except Russia had a had a stranglehold on them. Mm-hmm. I mean, East Germany, Poland, Yugoslavia, Czechoslovakia, all these, Romania. You know, Albania. they were all they were all just under the communist rule, and with an iron thumb, mm-hmm. and they were all starving. Right. Because all your food went to Mother Russia. <laughs> you know, that's what happened to a lot of it. So, and all that, but, but it was time for them to come out of Russia, the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And this, so Stephen Lytle got the, the Lord spoke to him about this, to do this Esther fast. It was mm-hmm. a worldwide Esther fast. Yeah. I think we first heard it from Jan Willem Vanderhoeven, I think. Okay. But I don't, I don't know who all was involved, but it was worldwide. And, and in his book, Exodus 2, he tells of the people that, God spoke to prepare for them coming out for mm-hmm. food and all kinds of different things. Right. And so we did this, you know, three-day Esther fast, no water. I mean, you don't no even— No nothing. You don't even swallow your own spit. Well, well you can, I think we I did. Guess, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, when the Arabs fast on Ramadan, you know, mm-hmm. they, they fast the whole month, but they, they fast the whole day, no water, nothing at all, but then they eat like crazy at night. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a very weird type of thing, you know, but on an Esther fast, you know, and, and this is the fast that 
Mordecai, when the decree went out from the palace of Shushan, you know, and um, Ahasuerus was the king, mm -hmm. was a Babylon. It was, it was the Persians. It was the Persian Empire. Yeah. And the decree went out because of Haman to destroy all the Jews and them not knowing that Esther, the queen, was a Jew. So Mordecai, her uncle, who sat in the gate and heard all the news, came and said, even your life is in danger. Right. We're all going to be wiped out. Only you can speak to the king. Yeah. Who knows but what you come to the kingdom for, for such, such a, a time, time as, as this. this. And she says, I'll, I'll go on fast for me three days, no food, no water, and I and my maidens will fast off also, and I will present myself before the king, which is contrary to the law of the Medes and Persians. Because mm -hmm. when she even the queen walked into the audience of the king, if he put his scepter out toward her, then she would come forward and put his hand on the scepter, and she had favor. But if, but if he didn't, didn't uh, you off could with her head. You'd be executed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the way it was back then. Mm -hmm. So through this fast, you can read it in the book of Esther, which they which they read every year. The, the whole Jewish community worldwide, you know, reads the book of Esther and, and Haman and the whole story. Yeah, on the Feast of Purim. The, the Feast of Purim. And so it's an amazing thing. So we did this uh, fast, and it wasn't an easy one. No. <laughs> I've never been on another one, but— I have. Yeah, yeah, Sharon has. But uh, seven years later or so, six years later? I don't know how long it took, but the, eventually— The they... door opened of Russia. Yeah. And the, and the Jews started coming out. Yeah. Thousands of And then so many came, I don't know how many millions, probably over a million Jews came, came to Israel out of Russia. Yes. And they had to change the street signs. Yes. Because the street signs were in, were in Hebrew, Arabic. Then they had to put, And English. And English. And then they had to add Russian on yeah, it. Yeah, it's true. Because you know, they came right, came out of the land and uh, they didn't know Hebrew. It was probably forbidden. You know, yeah. even speak, you know. Right. So the Esther fast will change a nation. Yeah. It'll change a strong circumstance. But you do the Esther fast when you're called to do the Esther fast. There are lots of different kinds of fasts. You know, mm -hmm. as I mentioned before, you, you can do a denial. Daniel's fast was a denial of um, meat and uh, pleasant bread. He just ate vegetables, but he was an old, old man. Mm -hmm. And by that time, it's not easy to fast the older you get mm -hmm. unless you have a grace of God on it. And so he, he just fasted with a small amount of food. Mm -hmm. But he had read in the book of Jeremiah that it was time, the 70 years had expired, and it was time for Israel to return to their land. So he did this fast, and he began to pray and intercede. So part of fasting is intercession. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't do a denial, you can do a 21-day fast. And the thing that happens in the 21-day fast, with, with Daniel anyway, the message got to God to begin with, and he sent the answer right away. But there was a struggle in the heavens yeah. because the devil didn't want God's he purposes want... to be accomplished. He didn't want the mm -hmm. people to go back to Israel. And you can read that account in the book of Daniel. Yes, chapter 9. Chapter 9, you know, and the prince of, against the prince of Persia. Right. And that's the same spirit that is in the Middle East today. Sure. You know, controlling the Arab nations. That's true. 
It's true, and, and particularly so, Iran. So it's not like, like Israel is fighting Arabs. They're fighting, it's this demonic spirit that is speaking into them. Right. Yeah. And and when you're praying, you you realize that you are not wrestling with flesh and blood, according to Ephesians chapter 6. Can you read that, Philip, in the Passion Translation, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18? Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Put on God's set of armor provided for us so that you would be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Amen. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. Isn't that good? That's so clear. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so you're protected as you confront the slanderer. For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Put on truth as a belt to strengthen you to stand in triumph. Put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart. Stand on your feet alert then you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. In every battle, take faith as your wraparound shield. I love that. For it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance, like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies, and take the mighty razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God, praying passionately in the spirit, as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessings of God upon all his believers. Amen. Amen. So we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but demons. Yeah. It, it makes it so clear in the, in the Passion <laughs> Translation who we are wrestling against. And fasting will help you to get a victory that you wouldn't get anytime soon mm-hmm. by lengthy intercession. But there's an intercession that goes on when you deprive your body of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I just want to read the preface and part of the introduction from Gwen Shaw's book, Your Appointment with God. To those who take this study, I want to say, your purpose for fasting must be one of love. Isaiah said our reason for fasting was not for the fulfillment of traditional ceremonies or to please our spiritual pride, nor even to force God to do something for us. Our fast must be a fast of love so that we may be able to bring his healing to mankind. There are numerous things that should result from our fasting. We should fast for the strength to loose the bands of wickedness. The power of Satan and his demons must be destroyed in our lives and the lives of our loved ones and our nation. We fast for power to lift the burden of sickness and suffering and sin off of the shoulders of men. We fast that God will give us merciful hearts so we will clothe the naked and have bread to give the hungry. We fast that God will give us his call to set the captives free. If we have eyes of love, we will see that many whom we love are in all kinds of prisons. We must in these days, when so many countries are persecuting our beloved brothers and sisters, get under the burden to fast and pray for them, 
And so I give you this Bible study, which I prepared while I was fasting in the name of Jesus. I do not feel that I deserve any credit for what God will do for you through this study. I know it is his word and not mine that will speak to your heart and will give you strength to break every yoke when you keep your appointment with God. And she goes on in the, in the introduction to talk about how she was a missionary on the field in Hong Kong. She started out in China, went to Taiwan, later on working in, in Hong Kong. And she talks about, um, let me take it from here. From the time I became a Christian, there was always a cry in my heart that God would use me. Even though I was a missionary, I was unfulfilled. I had not yet begun to do the work for which I had been born. Things could not satisfy the vacancy in my life. Neither could family or friends. My work left my soul dissatisfied. For I knew I was only treading a dry mill and not sending forth the living water to the dry and thirsty land. Sometimes I literally wept because I had not been trained in any profession. I had dedicated my life to Christ immediately after conversion and had gone to a Bible college for three years. One year later, after a year of studying the Chinese language in the University of Toronto, Canada, I had gone as a faith missionary to China, so I had not had any opportunity for training in any secular profession. Perhaps it was just as well, for I might have been tempted to fill this vacancy with some kind of earthly ambition. The years went by, and I served God in my weakness, always reminded of my uselessness because of the lack of anointing on my work for Him. Then one day God heard my prayer. He sent to our church a man who was anointed in a way I had never seen before. As he preached, I saw the miraculous power of God in evidence. Not only were the sick healed and the church members blessed, their lives were transformed. I saw the quiet, dignified Chinese people fall prostrate in the presence of God's power. Many did not arise for hours. They wept, shouted, and praised the Lord. They were given visions of heaven and hell, the saints of the Bible, and the angels who serve us. And when they finally stood to their feet, they were transformed forever. I loved my people, and I had served them as a spirit-filled missionary 14 years. And yet I saw God do more through his anointed servant in 14 days than I had seen in my 14 years. This was a visitation from God, and I wanted God to visit me in this way and use me to help and revive his church. I wanted to serve him fully equipped. I began to wonder what was lacking in my life. What would make the difference? What was the key? As the visiting evangelist prepared to leave, I asked him, Brother, what is the secret of God's anointing in your life? I will never forget that day. Our whole church was going by boat to a small island near the China mainland to preach. I saw a blind beggar get on the boat, feeling his way along with a cane. In his trembling hand, he held a tin cup, which held his meager collection of small coins. I had seen thousands like him. The land was full of them. I began talking to my Chinese friends. Suddenly, to my surprise, I saw our well-dressed evangelist go over and sit beside the beggar. He put his arm around him and began to speak to him. We are brothers, and I want to talk with you because I love you. I couldn't believe it. Tears came to my eyes. For an hour I watched as he tenderly told this man about the love of God and the sacrificial death of Jesus, his son. 
Like multitudes of others, this beggar had never heard that story before. I knew that there were perhaps 1,000 missionaries in our area alone, yet no one had told him. I knew why. Because we didn't have God's love in our hearts. Then and there I wanted God's love. I saw that this evangelist had this love, and I wanted it also. So I asked him this question, Brother, what is the secret of God's anointing in your life? He smiled at me, and then, seeing my searching, earnest face, he got very sober and said to me, Sister, if you really want to know, I'll tell you. He told me how he had been an evangelist in England with seemingly a lot of popularity and worldly success, but he realized that he did not have the true anointing of God, and so he sought God for this anointing. God told him to fast, and so he said, I've fasted for thirty days, and I've never been the same. There are two things I have done, he added, which many of God's workers have never done. I've given myself to God 100%, and I have fasted. That's the key. Yes, that is the key. This is what had made him different. Then I knew that it wasn't enough to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. We all did that, but we had so little fruit. We needed to pay a price. Then and there, I determined I would pay that price in absolute commitment to the God of my life at all cost, and I would ask him to give me a fast, a consecrated fast. Up to that time, if I had fasted only a day, I felt I was falling apart because for one year previous, I had fasted a day a week, which is a good fast, by the way. Yeah, uh -huh. we, We've done that. Yes. It, it, it helps to get, keep the flesh down. Back to the book. It had been a sacrifice. It had been a great sacrifice for me to do this. But I was doing it for different ones in the family who needed a miracle. I had never fasted for God to do something in me. Before our brother evangelist left to return to his own country, I told him about my decision to fast. He warned me to be very careful about my motive. Keep your motives right. During a time of fasting, Satan will tempt you like he did Jesus. Be sure your heart is pure before God and that you're not fasting for any earthly gain. God will not honor that and you will get into trouble. You know, that reminds me of, of this other book that Sister Gwen wrote, The False Fast, and, and the importance of making sure that you're not fasting like to lose weight. I mean, mm -hmm. you're going to lose weight yeah. when you fast, typically, um, unless you have a special anointing of the Lord to keep you from that. Uh, and, and some people fast by just putting everything in the blender. And that's just like eating liquefied solid food. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not, that's not a fast. And, and then there's those that, that fast for religious pride. I mean, it's not that they fast for religious pride, but they get religious they get. pride. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I'm better than everyone because I have fasted. You know, you get that kind of attitude, and that is going to destroy you. Yeah, that's right. It's not going that's to— pride. Yeah, it's not going to take you where God needs you to go. Mm -hmm. He wants to give a greater anointing in your life, and he wants to change nations Yeah, because, right. because you have obeyed him. It's about obeying the Holy Spirit in your fasting. And speaking of losing weight, I want to tell you a story that will help you uh, keep your motives right. I, uh, I guess it was my second 21-day fast, and this one I did on honey and lemon in hot, hot water. 
And at the end of it, I'd been keeping track of how much weight I'd lost. And I lost 15 pounds. And I was very happy that I'd lost 15 pounds. And then I was responsible. I'd, I'd made an agreement to go and drive my grandparents from Arizona to Michigan. And I went there on the, I flew there on the last day of my fast. So when I arrived, I wanted to look as normal as possible. So I, in my mind, I said, well, I've hardly had any calories all this time. I should be able to eat anything I want to. I, and I did, probably to excess. I was young and didn't know better. But I'm trying to tell you so that you won't make this mistake. I ate anything and everything I wanted to, and I gained back not just 15 pounds. I gained 30 pounds. So the moral of this story is, in order to keep from gaining weight, be very, very careful about how you get off of the fast. Our recommendation is to take as many days to get back to normal eating as the number of days that you fasted. So if you're going to fast 21 days, consider that you would be wise to do a 21-day denial. And that's not like, like a Daniel fast, but that you would take 21 days to get back to normal eating. So on your 22nd day, you would eat a normal meal as you would have eaten before you started the fast. Because what happens is when you're fasting, your body thinks it's going into starvation mode. And when you stop fasting, it's going to glom on to every single thing you eat and stick it on your body. But if you come back gently and just slowly, slowly, slowly add then your body will say, okay, they're going to feed me. I'm going to get something. And like eat when you're hungry, but eat small portions and just work your way back to normal eating in a very slow, slow way. And that way, when, I, when I've practiced that, whatever weight that I lost during the, during the fast, it comes back very, very slowly and it doesn't typically go overboard. So the other thing about losing weight, in order to help you, and I'll say it this way, in order to help me keep from making weight loss a goal in my fasting, I decided long ago that when I fast, I'm not going to get on the scales, even at the beginning of the fast. Like, I don't necessarily get on the scales on a regular basis. So I don't get on the scales to know what I was before I started the fast. And then I don't get on the scales until weeks and weeks afterwards so that I don't have that as something that, that is in my mind about, oh, goody, I'm going to be able to get into that other size that I can't get into right now. Those kind of things. I just try to put that out so that there's no motive of weight loss in my fasting, that, that my fasting is for the purposes of God, to break the yokes and to get a new place in Him. We have typically fasted when we come into a new, like a new office, like when I became vice president, I fasted. When I became the president of this ministry, I fasted again because I just wanted to seal the thing that God wanted to do in me and, and for His purposes. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. So what did you do, Philip, when when you were at kind of dead end street in your life in Chicago? Everything was falling apart. You were <laughs> you were laid off of work. You couldn't find a job. Your bowling average went down to nothing. You were in a slump. Depressed. You're, you were depressed. <laughs> you you had you had lost your car. Uh, uh, lost you know. my nice Trans Am. Yeah, yeah. Just everything. Bam. 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 You. I mean, even some years earlier, your your marriage had ended. I yeah. mean, it was it was just bam, 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 bam. You were under attack, but it was all really about getting you back to God. Yeah, it was God's way of getting me, you know, taking away what needed to be taken away, so that. And put you on a path, you know, because God will do that. He has a plan for your life, and people are really praying for you. Mm-hmm. You know, God's going to do things that that you didn't maybe want Him to. Yeah. But once you do them, and you get close to God, you say, "Thank you, Lord, that you did that." Yes. You know, I've many times I have, I have said that. But yeah, yeah, I remember I when I did that, I I got my last check for unemployment. Didn't know it. And so I went down to Arkansas, and and that's uh, that's when we met. That's when we met, the, like the second time. But we met seriously. Yeah, and so <laughs> I stayed for like a couple of weeks. You know, I went back to Chicago, and I started this twenty-one uh, day fast, and I wrapped my whole life up in Chicago in one month's time. Perfect timing. My lease was up. So I drove down with my most prized possession, which was my stereo. Right. <laughs> Still have it. God let me keep it. And I drove, rented a truck down here. It was cheaper to rent one way. Went up with my dad, got friends from the church, loaded up, came back. I had four days left, and I felt to have to fast another week. Body didn't really want to, but I just felt Your I had to do this. soul didn't want to either. And what spiritual person was I? I mean, I was been backslidden for years. You know, I knew Bible stories, but... But I had no relationship with the Lord, you know. But I felt I have to do this, you know. It's just like this desire to do this. So I went this extra week, you know, contrary to people saying you don't need to. And I asked Sharon, what do you, you know, what do you think of that? She says, just do what God tells you to do. Mm -hmm. So I did this. And uh, it was like two weeks later, we went to a a regional convention of our organization. And I, I joined the ministry in the afternoon and at the night meeting, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And I tried to get the Holy Ghost years before, and it never I never got it. Maybe God was just preserving it for this mm-hmm. time. That's what I, when I look back at this point. And so I'm on the floor just speaking in tongues, you know, just flat on the floor. And, and after a while, I get up, and I, I can't even walk straight, you know. Nope, it was like being drunk, drunk under the power of God. And I walk over to Sharon and said, how'd you like to get engaged? And I said, engaged for what? <laughs> I was being cheeky. And so? And and then, of course, he said to, to get married, and I said yes. And the reason why I said yes. Now, I'm going to back up and say this. I already knew that Philip was the one because there were just so many, so many signs and all of the people around me that I trusted in the Spirit were saying, you know, they were giving me a thumbs up. This is a good thing. But when he decided to fast that extra week, it reminded me that I had put out a fleece about somebody else years before or some, I don't know if it was years or months. I don't remember the timing, but I was thinking about this person. I was attracted to this person and 
got a, a, a message from somebody else, hands off, he's mine. <laughs> and so I just backed up and I said to the Lord, if he's the one for me, let him fast 21 days to become an end time servant, a member of this ministry, and an extra seven for me. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I had even forgotten that fleece. But when Philip decided to fast the extra seven days, I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that he was the one for me. So I could say yes in that moment, even though I stretched it out a little bit. <laughs> you know, I would have said yes if he hadn't fasted the extra seven days, because I think I would have forgotten. But it was like, this is a clear, ungarbled, can't miss it sign from God. Mm-hmm. At, so your, your fasting in obedience to God yeah. gave me a green light. So you're a believer, you have Jesus living in you. If you feel the anointing to fast, or if you're contemplating a marriage, Mm -hmm. something that's a life-changing thing, ask God to give you a fast. Yes. Because you want to have clear direction, because if if you marry the wrong person, it can Mm -hmm. take you down the, the wrong road the rest of your life. It's true. You know, it's true because I was not a believer when I got married the first time, mm-hmm. you know, and it lasted four years and it wasn't a good marriage, but that really prepared me for what I'm going through now. But uh, if I was obedient to God, if I, if I really had knew the Lord as my Lord and Savior, I probably would have been spared all of that. Yeah. But, but God, God has his reasons. And and he knew that it was going to take something to help you get out of the rebellion that you were in. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sometimes he has to take everything away that's dear to you. Mm-hmm. The Lord knows what our mindset is mm-hmm. and what our decisions are based on our mindset. And so the decisions that we make when we're in rebellion mm-hmm. take us down a path that will break us mm-hmm. and bring us back to the Lord. Yeah. So if you're if you're fasting for someone who is backslidden, yeah. Pray that way that the Lord will turn their heart and change their mind and and you know fasting can help even in a prayer time uh, an intercession for a person like that. Yeah. And sometimes God will call you to fast for somebody else. Mhm. And um I'm going to read real quick here. Uh, This was out of the book, Your Appointment with God, same book Sharon's reading out of. This is our founder when she was on a 21-day water fast, and she was hemorrhaging. She was bleeding. You know, things have happened in her life. It's just like it's the end of the world is Mm -hmm. what it was like. And she was like, Lord, you heal me or you take me home. Yeah. Serious. As my physical condition worsened, I would lie prostrate on the floor making my resolution to God. Though you slay me, still I will trust you. And that comes from the book of Job. Then one day when my strength was all gone, I received a phone call from a black sister to Velda Hall. She was a friend of Mahalia Jackson's. She was her secretary, actually. God had told her to come and pray for me. I could refuse her, but I didn't know how I'd get out of the bed to open the door to let her in. I lay there praying for strength. When she arrived, I just managed to let her inside my small apartment where I was living alone. She had brought two sisters with her. They gathered around my bed. One took one hand, one another, and one held my feet. My feet were like ice. They began to pray. Suddenly, a ball of fire fell on me. 
The Lord grabbed hold of my left wrist and squeezed it. No human hand touched it. I looked three times to see if someone was doing that. The grip was a supernatural one. The heat of God went through my body to my feet. Divine energy flowed into every vein. I jumped out of my bed and threw my arms around Tavella crying, I'm healed, praise God, I'm healed. Not only was I healed, but two nights later, God visited me in a glorious way. In the middle of the night, I was suddenly wide awake and a host of angels began to fill my room. I saw how they came down in a spiral movement and flooded my small apartment and filled it with heaven's glow. And then the Lord began to speak to me. I got my pencil and paper and wrote out the things he said. Some of it he is permitting me to share with you. I have heard your prayers and your cries unto me, and behold, I am come. I have given you a special call and divine commission to a very great work here in America. Up until this time, I was only on the mission field. I love you for your zeal to search me out. There are many evil forces that work against you and many strong demons who would destroy you. Therefore, you must be very careful to obey me in all things. You shall have special power and authority in prayer and obtain many favors of the Lord so that people shall marvel and say, God is with her. God increased what he was already doing with her because the, after the first fast that she did, she began to go to the nations and God began to pour out his spirit and revival fire followed her everywhere she went. Yeah, and through this fast, it was right after that when she received the word, you know, God has called you to call out the end time handmaidens. Yes. She didn't know what that meant. So she still went to the nations later, but through this ministry, raised up an army of intercessors and prayer warriors through fasting yes. that have gone to just about every nation on this planet. Yes. And they are also connected with lots of other ministries. It's created a network, yeah, uh, an army all over the world. So, you know, we just want to encourage you, listener, that uh, if the Lord is speaking to you about fasting, whether it's whether it has anything to do with becoming a member of this ministry, it, a 21-day fast on diluted fruit juices or just water or, you know, not a denial unless you have some health issues like diabetes or, or heart condition or something, then you can do a denial. But if you're being called to this ministry, let us know. We want to pray for you, but we want to encourage you to obey God in whatever fast he shows you to do. Yes. Even if it's just fasting one meal, mm -hmm. one meal can make a difference if you fast in obedience to God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You just have to do what he tells you to do yeah. with the right motive, the motive of love, yeah. the motive of, of wanting to serve him with all of your heart. Amen. And we'll give you a few quick tips here yes. on fasting. If you're a coffee drinker, you drink a lot of caffeine, just wean yourself off of caffeine. Just before start back, you start fasting. Before you start fasting, just back back yourself off of caffeine just gradually and do the same with sugar. Because yeah. caffeine and sugar really affect the body. Right. And you they have you have cravings for it and this will spare you a lot of headaches and <laughs> Yeah. Because <laughs> you know, we have and fasted, sometimes nausea too. Nausea, yeah. And yeah, we we couldn't tell you how many times how many twenty one day fast or other fasts. We we have fast lived a fasting lifestyle yes you know for these last 40 42 years for me anyway yeah you know and we've seen what god has done through it and through this ministry you know the anointing of, of the power of fasting we would have ministers i mean come to our conventions and say well i've never experienced 
anointing mm-hmm. like I have here. It's true. And that only comes through the power of fasting, even as what Jesus told the disciples. You know, they tried to cast the demons out of out of someone then, and they, they couldn't do it. And then Jesus said, these kind only come out by prayer and fasting. That's right. So there's a it power in- and authority yes. in fasting. Yes, it increases your authority. So a couple of other tips. Uh, if you have low blood sugar, which I have struggled with at a number of times in my life, or and you have low br- blood pressure or just not high blood pressure, you can use licorice root tea. And I want to tell you, it does not taste like black licorice. If you don't like <laughs> black licorice, it has nothing to do with black licorice. It has, it, I think it's in black licorice, but the, the taste you don't like is the anise. And and so you, you find that it has uh, some unusual sweetness to it that mm-hmm. you only find out after you swallow it. It's really interesting. Yeah, very interesting. But it helps to keep your blood sugar stable. Yeah, it's very good. And if you need a little bit more than that, you could, you know, add a little orange juice or add a little some other kind of juice to it. And that will help you stay stable while you're fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is make sure you drink lots and lots and lots of water. Water, yes. Lots of water because your your body is going to be throwing off toxins. And the food that you ate, uh, oh, yeah, uh, and, and adding lemon to your water yes. is, is also good. But the food that you ate the days before that you started fasting you may not be getting all of it out. So it's a good idea, and excuse me if this is gross, but it's a good idea to do enemas to help you like the first three, four days. And then uh, Sister Gwen recommends every three days or so after that. So that will help to get the toxins out of your body so you won't feel so weak. Yeah. So that's a good thing. It's amazing how much that helps. Yeah. Yeah, it does. You know, sometimes you'll go on a fast and you don't know why. Yes. I had one last year. I mean, I've never done seven days on water myself. Mm-hmm. And I just felt impressed to do this seven-day water fast. And, you know, so I backed off all the caffeine and sugar. And I went on this fast, you know, and I had no food cravings, which is amazing. Wow. You know, I was well, I was weak toward the end of it. And it was cold. It was like January. Mm. You know, it's a uh, nice time to fast you know, is not in the winter months unless <laughs> God puts you on it, you know. Yeah, but which he has done for us We num- We fasted times. in all kinds of hardships yeah. of heat and cold. But, yeah, yeah. But when God does it, he gives you the grace to go through it. It's true. It's true. And, and another question that someone asked Sister Gwen is, what happens if I accidentally break my fast? Like if... You made I, a boo-boo? I, if I, <laughs> I put something in my mouth and I chew it up and swallow and it's like... <gasps> Oh no, I've broken my fast. She said, just go on and and continue. It's not like, it's not it's like- It's not the end of the fast for you. Yeah, if, if it's an accident, you know, just do what you've got to do. There's grace. There's <laughs> grace. And and if you if you weaken and you have a meal and you realize, oh no, I met, I should have kept fasting. You don't have to stop. You can just go on fasting. Just don't stop until the Holy Spirit gives you the release that you have prayed through, that you have done what God told you to do. Just keep on persevering and and the Lord will give you strength. And sometimes you feel absolutely weak. Sister Gwen did on, on some of her fasts. There was there was one 24-day fast that she talks about in her book where she she 
pulled herself away from all of the responsibilities so that she could fast on water because it takes a lot more out of you when you're fasting just on water. Mm -hmm. That's why she recommended the diluted fruit juices to be able to keep going. Uh, but that particular fast, she, she, the Lord said 24 days. She didn't know why, but, but she had asked him to give her a fast. And she was actually getting ready to go out with her friends to a Chinese restaurant and, and, and have this wonderful last meal together. But yeah. before she could even go out the door, this heavy burden to pray came on her and she went to her room and, and wept. And she realized that the fast had started already. And, and then when she was towards the end of it, she said, Lord, I don't, I don't think I can do this. I don't have the strength to take care of my family. I don't have the strength to cook and clean and, and the things that I have to do. And God sent her, her coworker that, that worked in, in India with her. She said, what are you doing and here, she just Alice? showed up. She just showed up at the door. And Sister Gwen opened the door. She said, oh. it was like an angel had come. And, and she said, what are you doing here? She, she said, God spoke to me and said, Gwen needs you. So I got on a plane and I came. And so she was able to do the rest of the the work so the yeah. sister Gwen could finish the fast. And God gave her a couple of dreams after that of mm-hmm. the harvest, yes. sowing the seed and just watching the amazing amount of harvest. And, and then she writes here, if we fast through to victory, God will speed his work and bless our labors so that we can accomplish more in a few short days than we would if we toiled in our own strength for years. Yes. And she has seen that. Yes, and that is what fasting will do. It will help you to get into a place of anointing that will carry you and do work through you that you could never do yourself, and you could never do it in your own strength. It when when you weaken yourself by fasting, you are letting His strength come into you, and it will change your life and it will change your ministry. Yeah, Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray for each and every listener. And Lord, I ask you in the name of Jesus that you will give those who are willing, those who have a willing heart, those who are saying, yes, Lord, I want to fast. Lord, we ask you for the anointing to fast, to come upon them and bring them into your perfect will and into your plan and purpose for their life so that you will be able to accomplish through them what you sent them to this planet to do. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with His overwhelming, loving presence.